which member left a demanding corporate career and moved to another continent to spend more time with family? Find out by going to www.bookinterrupted.com forward slash members and get to know us a little more. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. Sometimes I read these books and I want to talk to somebody about it and people are just like, what are you talking about? Like the birds? You know, accepts you, just one of them, observing, and then you get to see all these creatures and basically be part of nature. I thought it was cool. You got to like, I don't know, learn all sorts of different things, which is all- Yeah, it's very outdoorsy, yeah. And you get rewarded. That will work (laughs) because it's really like beautiful and awesome. Yeah, totally. And he grabbed the the robin (laughs) egg and popped it in his mouth. Disrupted mind, body, and soul. Inspiration is with uh, and we're gonna talk it uh, on Book Interrupted. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. Hi, I'm Sarah. I started Book Interrupted and asked the closest people to me to be part of it. First, I asked my sister. Hi, I'm Meredith, the sister. My first friend. Hi, I'm Kim, the first friend. My old roommate. Hi, I'm Lindsay, the old roommate. My high school friend. Hi, I'm Kara, the high school friend. My good friend and Kara's sister. That's me. Hi, I'm Leah, Sarah's friend, Kara's sister, and the final member of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to join along, This book cycle is from April 11th to May 22nd. It's Meredith's book pick, and we're reading What the Robin Knows by John Young. This elegant book unites the Indigenous knowledge, the latest research, and the author's own experience of four decades in the field to lead us towards a deeper connection to the animals, and in the end, a deeper connection to ourselves. What the Robin Knows by John Young was published in 2012. It continues to sell and currently holds number nine on Amazon.ca's Birds and Birdwatching eBooks. For over 40 years, John Young has been a leader in the field of nature-based education. He is a deep nature connection mentor, wildlife tracker, peacemaker, author, workshop leader, consultant, inspiring public speaker, and storyteller. He has appeared as an expert in numerous documentaries concerning nature and ecology and travels to teach widely throughout North America, Europe, Australia, and Southern Africa. All right, so it's personal journal time. Let's see what the members of Book Interrupted thought outside the group. Welcome back, Book Interrupted listeners. It's Meredith here. I'm very excited about our next book pick because it's mine. It's called What the Robin Knows, How Birds Reveal the Secrets of the Natural World by John Young. This book is exactly what it sounds like. It's about deep bird language. Uh, John Young is a naturalist and he's been studying birds. And so this book goes into detail about what different bird songs 
mean and other things. I don't know. I haven't read the book yet. It's crossed my path several times over maybe the past five years in many places, but probably in the most detail in the book called How to Raise a Wild Child by Scott Sampson. And in that book, Scott Sampson uses what the Robin knows to try to forge a connection with nature. And he goes into more detail about what this book did for him. I'm very excited about it. As listeners of the podcast know, uh, nature is my happy place. I love being in the forest and I love birds. Not just because I kind of look like a bird, but maybe that's part of it. And I think it's going to be nice to be able to get outside a book that's not just for you know, escaping inside by going outside and making a connection with another animal. You know, we can be very uh, exclusive human beings, but that doesn't mean we can't make a relationship with something else out there in nature. So, you know, what's, you know, what's really affecting that comment right now. I started reading Braiding Sweetgrass that Kim was thinking about picking that for her book pick. So I'm reading it now, which would be an interesting book to read in conjunction with reading What the Robin Knows. So I'm going to be very immersed in nature writing. So you can hear it in my voice. Nature is my happy place and I'm happy to read this book. I've been trying to put off starting it uh, so I could record this journal. But I don't know if this is setting my expectations too high, but I think I'm going to really love the book. I'm looking forward to learning something from it. And I think it's gonna be really good for my soul. And I hope that it's gonna be good for the listeners, anybody else who reads it, the other people in the group. I think it's gonna be a nice change after the really heavy uh, beginning of this season, particularly talking about trauma. And hopefully this book be more a little bit about healing, which is I think is what a lot of us felt like we missed uh, after reading the first book, What Happened to You. That's it for now. Now I can get started on the book. This is my first personal journal for What the Robin Knows. This book is by John Young, with science and audio editing by Dan Gardoqui. Audio editing? Does this book come with a companion audio file? News to me. Anyway, I think that this book is going to be more interesting than my judging a book by its cover instinct uh, allows me to conceptualize, honestly. I like nature and I know I like, I like the lessons that we can learn from nature. And so I think, like I said, that this book is going to actually capture my interest more than I will give it credit for right now. Um, I haven't read it yet. I haven't started it. I'm looking forward to it. We do have a little blurb on the back. I'll give you some. I'll give you a snit, a snippet. Oh, there's a little baby kitty in this room. Every, oh, <laughs> um, if that continues to happen, we'll have to stop this journal. And I don't know if everybody heard that. It was a little kitty hitting one of those twangers. So I'm being interrupted as we speak. We'll see. Okay, let's get fast here. And it's funny, maybe the kitty heard what the Robin knows. I like Robins. A lifelong birder, tracker, and naturalist, John Young is guided by three basic premises. The robin, junco, and other songbirds know everything important about their environment, be it backyards or forest. By tuning into their vocalizations and behavior, we can acquire much of this wisdom for our own pleasure and benefit. And the birds' companion calls and warning alarms are just as important as their songs. So there's still a second half to this paragraph, but I'm just going to do a little snippet, like I said. That makes me excited. I wonder, let's see. Yes, I was going to, I wondered if he had any Native American 
traditional ties. So it, uh, John Young grew up in New Jersey and was mentored from the age of 10 as a naturalist and a tracker in a Native American tradition. Now married with six children, his passion for teaching the benefits of truly experiencing the natural world has only grown. So that makes sense to me because when I was just reading that back book, it reminded me of some of the lessons I learned from my Indigenous studies classes, which is how, what's a good word for it? Just how much knowledge nature holds and how many lessons and teachings many different Indigenous cultures took from just being with and observing nature. I see that lesson or that information being kind of reflected in the write-up of the back of this book. So I do think it will be a good one. Until Personal Journal 2, have a nice day. Hello, it's Kara here to talk about what the robin knows. I don't know. What does the robin know, John Young? Uh, I'm just being cheeky. Um, I don't really know a lot about birds and I don't know a lot about this book. I don't think that I would choose this book, but I love being in a book club where we take recommendations from all the different members and fans so that I can get exposed to things that I normally wouldn't gravitate towards. I'm fascinated by the concept that through studying and understanding the behaviors and vocalizations of different animals, in particular songbirds, that we can better understand our world, our environment, perhaps even ourselves. I don't know if that's included in the book review. I just decided to add that, but it kind of seems like it's a good possibility because it's tuning into natural wisdoms. And wisdom can come in many different forms. It doesn't just have to be in the form of an IQ test. So I think it's gonna be kind of fascinating and cool. I don't know that the Book Interrupted podcast knows that Leah and I grew up in a household with many, many birds. And when I say many birds, I would like to highlight and overemphasize the use of the word many. At one point, I recall counting 16. Some of them finches, lovebirds, budgies. We had an African gray parrot who was quite the character. I still think of Rupert. Honestly, like he was such a character and he could mimic our voices and tones and the rhythm and pace of how we'd speak. He could also mimic uh, the, I was going to say the fire extinguisher, um, the fire alarm in the house. And like, that's a high pitched squeal, super annoying. He could mimic that, the telephone ringing. Uh, so <laughs> this kind of got a bit off track. I'm supposed to be talking about the book and all I'm doing is having flashbacks to my youth um, because I don't think that I quite processed it <laughs> yet all these years later. It was just honestly just quite bizarre because first of all, the obvious, there were many birds. Secondly, it's not like we just had birds, folks. We had other animals in the home like cats and dogs but let's make it even weirder <laughs> on top of all this the super bizarre thing was my mom <laughs> oh goodness gracious i love you mom i love you 
but it was really, really strange. Although I see that you're coming from a caring place that she didn't always like seeing the birds trapped in their cages so like the finches for example they would always stay in their cage but as you started to go up incrementally in size and perhaps intelligence level with the bird <laughs> then we would get to moments where my mom was like well you know they need to be let out of the cage like we should just we should let them be able to like walk around and fly around and like honestly the number of animal conundrums that took place in our household was like I completely lost track and lost count it started to become a regular occurrence that we would see the Jack Russell Terrier with the African gray parrot in its mouth was that fair to the birds my perspective is no I've, I'm of that opinion. My mom had another opinion and really wanted to ensure that these birds got to, she's always had a house filled with plants. And when I say filled with plants, I mean filled with plants. Like you walk in there and it is as if you are in a forest or a jungle. It's actually kind of cool. I shouldn't be making fun of it. So they would be exposed to wildlife indoors, <laughs> but honestly... <laughs> Gosh, Meredith, why did you have to pick this book? It's making me remember things. So anyways, hopefully during my next personal journal entry and my book report, I will focus more on the book. My deepest apologies, John Young. God bless you for writing such an interesting book because I think it totally speaks to a certain audience. And I'm happy to be one of those audience members for once. Like I said, I wouldn't normally have chosen this book, but due to circumstances of it being Meredith's pick, I'm gonna give it a go and I bet it's gonna shock and surprise and delight me. That's my bet. Okay, take care. Here we go with What the Robin Knows. I'm really looking forward to this book. I want to tell you a story about how, so when I was living in Newfoundland at the time, and we were trying to pick our books for this, this season, and I was really struggling with something in my personal life, and I often find that when I'm struggling with something, if I go for a walk, especially if I go for a walk in nature, then I feel like my brain can sort itself out a bit more, or I feel better. I think the exercise, the being out, you know with fresh air and all of that stuff. So I'm going for a walk and in where I am, this is beautiful, not very far from where we were staying, this beautiful lake in which you can walk around just on the very outside. And so often you'll see little like frogs hopping at your feet and there's kind of a woods on the one side and a lake on the other side and you're walking around. So I went for this walk around and I was talking to Mare on the phone. I think I called her or she called me. Anyways, we were chatting and I was, you know, talking to her about that. And then we were talking about our book choices. And I remember Mare talking about this book and being like, oh, I really want to do this book. I want to do what the Robin knows, but I'm thinking everyone's going to think I'm crazy because it's about book about listening to bird calls and then how, what, how then to interpret that. And, and I remember saying, no, you should do it. Like, let's just, you know, do what's in your heart, like do what you want to do. And so I'm really glad she picked it. So here it is. I'm all into learning more about birds. My uh, father-in-law and his wife are both very big birders and they'll often talk to us a bit or show us photos of birds and I don't really know a lot about them. So hopefully there's some kind of factual information in there that I can talk to them about as well too. So 
yeah, that's about it. I haven't started yet, uh, but I'm going to dive right in and I can't wait. Hello, this is my first personal journal for What the Robin Knows. I haven't started reading yet, though I know a little bit about it because we did shoot our intro uh, with the group, so I kind of feel like I'm getting a little sense of it. And it sounds really different. First of all, it's a real departure, I think, from most of the book we've read so far in the book club, and I think that will be nice. They've had kind of a self-helpy theme or life lessons vibe, and though I think this one is packed with lessons, it's a very different model of lesson. We have some kind of marching orders after our intro about finding our sit spot. I used to have a beautiful sit spot, which was more my... Um, literally where I just go to be alone and breathe and cry and feel the feelings when I was feeling really overwhelmed. But we've moved more into kind of suburbia now and I don't have a sit spot. So I have a couple ideas of where that might be, where I could sit quietly and hopefully not cry <laughs> and just uh, hear the birds, listen to the birds and maybe learn a bird call. I don't know, maybe. So I'm trying to think of a couple things that to make it a really practical choice of like, I could fit that into my day, maybe somewhere on the walk to pick up the kid from school or things like that. So I have two ideas of where, but I'll loop you back on where that might be and what I might hear and what I might read. This guy seems very passionate about birds. Well, nature in general. And it's also sparked me, I've been really thinking about getting Max involved in maybe like Scouts Canada. I know a lot of people have a different ideas about that and how it was for them as a kid, but the hopefully more modernized one um, will be a good fit because I really want to build more outdoor activities into our day. It's so cold that usually my nose hairs freeze and it's really hard to get out there. But every time we do, we feel amazing. So... I was thinking maybe we'd get into that because a lot of uh, extracurriculars have been shut down through lockdowns and getting back into them. Maybe it's time to make a new choice, a more outdoorsy choice. So, and then I was thinking maybe I'm the one who wants to be outside more. So maybe I'll be a, a scout leader, a camp counselor, whatever they're called. So I'm going to look into it. I'll let you know what happens. I'll do that with that like no hours I have already. I don't care. I think it'll be a good idea and maybe it's something me and her can do together. So I look forward to reading this book. I think I'm going to be really inspired by it and that's what I'm really excited about the most. Inspired by my natural surroundings and I really could use some more outdoor time. I've been kind of in it, in work and inside too much. So here we go. Wish me luck. Bye. So I have read introduction to this book and I think I'm really going to enjoy it already. I love that he basically says that we humans are just totally oblivious to our natural world, which I completely agree with, that the rest of the natural world is in tune with each other, and if Robin is giving a warning, then other animals understand that they're warning and react, where we're just like, stumbling forward all over the world not really realizing we're not interacting with it it's like we have blinders on for everything so i really like this book so far i love that it also says they, he said something along the lines of scientists have never 
you know, discovered this or put two and two together with this. And he's like, that's not true. This is not a discovery. Indigenous people have known this forever. And yes, this scientist is writing it in a paper, but does it mean necessarily that it was a knowledge that we had from before? Oh, and another thing I really like about this book is that he says that we have memory, biological memory of when we were hunter-gatherers. And that if we, you know, from thousands of years of these, these genetics, that if we hone these skills, then we'll have instincts that will be ignited. And we won't know why we know what we know, but it's something like in our, you know, collective biology and memory. I really like that, that it's, you know, once you learn these things and your instincts will start to come back because they're there. I really like that. I love how he already is intertwining all the knowledge of indigenous people and how they clearly are so much more knowledgeable and are more in tuned with nature and that we have gone such so far astray that we need to go back to them to learn so that that knowledge isn't lost. So yes, I'm really looking forward to this book. So thank you, Meredith. This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. My latest interruption is that I have like the best sister who I should also name as my fashion consultant. Uh, she just dropped off a bunch of clothes. So she routinely goes through her closet and makes great edits uh, so that she can have more of like a minimalist sort of approach to life, which I always appreciate because Leah has great taste, good quality clothes that are always slightly ahead of trend. So by the time she's like done with them and doesn't want to wear them anymore, they're still in great condition and they're full-blown on trend as of the moment because she's already moved on to the next trend before people realize it's a trend so i just love it it's like the best interruption ever it's like i just went shopping without the hassle of shopping and i got like a uber great deal because everything was free it was just a great interruption let me tell you i wanted to put on all the outfits all at once but i did not i just settled on one for now. Book interrupted. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. For this book cycle, we're going to be reading my book choice, which is What the Robin Knows, How Birds Reveal the Secrets of the Natural World by John Young. I haven't read this book yet, but I've been wanting to read it for a long time. I first heard about it. I was listening to a podcast that I like called Your Parenting Mojo, and she did an episode with Scott Sampson, who wrote How to Raise a Wild Child. And I mean, I love being outdoors. I like camping, I like hiking, canoeing, all this stuff. I think we all want our kids to love the things that we love as well. I think my kids do love nature. I mean, I took my, my oldest on her first backcountry camping trip when she was a year and a half, but I wanted to read this book, How to Raise a Wild Child anyway. And Scott Sampson talks a lot about this book, What the Robin Knows, in his book. <laughs> okay. So I listened to the audio of that actually, which I highly recommend because the guy who does the audio has got a fantastic voice. I mean, it's about how birds tell us something about the natural world and their environment and stuff. So it just seems really interesting. 
It talks about having a sit spot that you go to every day and you get to know your birds in your neighborhood and they birds, I guess, kind of start to trust you too, if you're sitting there quietly and you get a, a little glimpse into their world. So I also really love birds. David Attenborough does this uh, documentary series called The Life of Birds and we have it on DVD and birds are just so fascinating and all the weird behaviors they have and you can kind of see those behaviors in humans too, which is kind of interesting if you're into like evolution or, you know, how we're all kind of connected. So anyway, I wanted to share this book with you mostly because I wanted to really read it. And I think it'd be fun to share it with somebody who's also reading it. So I can talk to somebody about it instead of like, sometimes I read these books and I want to talk to somebody about it. And people are just like, what are you talking about? Like the birds? Like, I don't know. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like the so intro. Cute. The, like I read the introduction of the book and it makes me really excited about this book. I don't know if, if any of you read the intro, but another thing he said with the sit spot, how you can't be in hunting mode. Like if, because if you're in hunting mode, then you won't see any of the creatures. Right. So I really like, I really like that part of the book, how you can just sit in the same spot and then, then nature, you know, accepts you just one of them observing and then you get to see all these creatures and basically be part of nature. Yeah, I'm very excited about this book. It seems great. Back in high school, I was part of that, you know, environmental program called the Barney Creek Project. And oh, yeah. um, it was at like a scout camp location that we would go to every day. And we all had what we called a magic spot. And you would go and sit your magic spot maybe every day. But it's the same thing. It's your, it's the same spot every day. It's a sit spot and you'd bring your journal. You could journal or you could just be in the forest. And mine was, had a little creek going through it. It was like, there's a log across the creek that I would sit on and, and just be in my spot every day. So I don't know. I guess there's some fond memories there from back when I was 17. Did you guys ever do scouts as kids? I did girl guides. Yeah. No. I did brownies in one year of girl guides and I yeah. hated it. Oh, good. <laughs> Okay. I got my golden cord from Girl Guys, even oh. though I hated it. My mom made me do it. She's like, you're going to prove to them you can do it. Oh. I was like, okay. Our leaders were kind of mean to us. I liked it. Yeah, you know. Oh. Did you like it, Liz? No, I liked it. I thought it was cool. You got to like, I don't know, learn all sorts of different things, which is all totally up my alley. And you get... Yeah, it's very outdoorsy, yes. And you get rewarded. Maybe. Maybe you get rewarded. Oh. <laughs> Oh, no, you do. You get rewarded with these little badges. Maybe you get traumatized. Yeah, well, our again, our leaders were not nice. Sometimes we do a group badge where everybody does the same thing, and they would not give it to me. They'd be like, you didn't do exactly what we said. You don't get the badge, and everyone else would. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that they're a little culty. Not Individualism might not have been their strong suit. Oh. Depends on the leaders, because it's all volunteer anyway. So they can be really great, or you're kind of, I don't know. Rigid kind of cruel cruel they were cruel yeah i don't remember my leaders i don't remember anything about it i just remember learning things and then getting badges for it which that was it i like the idea um, i did it i think they don't have girl guides anymore i think they're all called scouts now and it's un unisex no co-ed oh co-ed. that makes sense maybe it's just oh yeah scouts. yeah i believe that's how it is now so maybe it's a little i've been thinking about it actually so when you mentioned it it's like, oh, that may be a cool thing because I want Max to be involved with more outdoorsy stuff. And so do I want to. I always want to be more outdoorsy. So, Yeah, they do outdoor stuff, but also like There's other knitting and sewing and campfires and mm-hmm. 
like you name it, tons of different things. So it's like badges for everything you can think of. Like, cool. I don't know. I can't think of a sports ones. Like you can get like your dance basket one. weaving. Yeah. Oh, well, I want to learn to basket weave. Maybe I want to go to scouts. <laughs> yeah. I like crafts. <laughs> We're part of a, a nature club here. It's like a nature kids BC. And then like once a month, the club gets together and there's volunteer leaders that plan stuff and you, it's fun. Like the family goes out and That's does fun. different things, like learns about bats or whatever. We missed the bat one actually. It was, oh, it was no. a, it's a now you'll never one. know. <laughs> but maybe, hopefully we'll do bats again next year, but mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. Cool. I wonder if they do uniforms with the scouts or girl guides anymore. Cause we used to have to, have to wear a uniform with a sash. Yeah. Our, yes i think so uh, i think it was, it was a dress was wasn't it it was the a dress, dress. Girl, dress. Blue dress. dress. Yeah. yeah come yes. on come on it was hard to get sorted come on seriously not great for mosquitoes <laughs> yeah yeah really not great i was gonna ask earlier that does anybody have their own like sit spot or somewhere in their house or somewhere in their property or somewhere that in where they go like a park or something that they go that they always return to the same spot does anyone have I that? Used to. I used to. We're at my old house. Yeah? Yeah, I need to find a new sit spot. We moved from the farm, so the farm, I had my spot. And when I was going through a real hard time with my postpartum, that was my go-to-cry spot. I miss my spot. <laughs> now it's your car. Now it's, I'm apparently just crying in cars. Yeah, <laughs> driving. Now my spot is wherever I want it to be. And <laughs> just like making bad, <laughs> bad, unsafe choices in the car. Multitasking. So I need to find a new sit spot. Yeah. Did you notice, Leah, like anything that reoccurred or certain, you know, animals or stuff? Oh, yeah. I saw all the animals. Oh, my God. Anything Canada has to offer in my part of Canada, they're all there. And they all were coming (laughs) to say hello. Like the most beautiful owls. And it's like, it's the daytime. What are you hunting? Like, what are you up to? They're like, you. You. Owls, deer, a mama and a baby deer who probably got kicked out when they were doing the fields. So they had spent a night kind of in that area. Obviously coyotes, lots of coyotes. Every kind of bird. The robin, I always know that it's springtime because first we get the red-winged blackbird, then we get the robins. Those robins. And we had our special robins who made their home in our deck and we took care of the eggs and we watched the babies every year. I love those little fuckers. <laughs> They're always up to something. And one time at Easter, oh my God, I found a robin egg that had fallen out and it didn't make it, but it was perfect and like whole still. And it was Easter and we had those chocolates. Ooh, this is so gross. You know those chocolate eggs, mini, mini eggs. eggs? And B so randomly just grabbed the robin egg <laughs> thinking some, first of all, like don't just grab random things and throw them in your mouth, gross. And he grabbed the, the robin <laughs> egg and popped it in his mouth. Oh, <laughs> For starters, even if it was chocolate, a random chocolate on the counter, something happened to that chocolate. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'd probably pop that chocolate in my mouth. Like chocolate on the counter. I can eat it, but for someone else does. So he did the same thing with cubed butter. He thought it was cheddar, and he just grabbed a whole <laughs> bunch of cold cubes and he just. <laughs> that guy's got a problem. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my gosh! I want to spend great. more time with him now just to see what else he accidentally just eats. Putting stuff in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh a 
maybe, but everything in his mouth. <laughs> I can't even talk. Well, it's like mare when she put the beeswax or something. I, I mixed like uh, beeswax with mineral oil for my to oil my table with. It's like the thing I put on the toilet. <laughs> and I thought it was just like a, a cook. I was cleaning up after dinner. And I, I clean off the table and then I'm putting the oil on. And I thought it was just like a cooked onion from like the soup we had. And I was like, oh, I missed that. I like pop it in my mouth. But it's just beeswax and mineral oil. And mineral oil, like you shouldn't drink mineral oil because it's going to come out fast. Although, you know, it worked out okay. Did it? That's what I've been waiting to find out. You were like, stay tuned. Yeah. There was nothing catastrophic that happened. Let's put it that way. It wasn't catastrophic, but I was like, oh no. Because this, it could be, you could be out and about. And like, sometimes it's hard to find a bathroom these days, right? And it was okay. It was okay. But I totally would, if I saw chocolate on the counter, I'd be like, I better eat this before the kids do. I totally would. Yeah, that's funny. I don't know if any of you guys have this, but I've noticed that some people, I think it's a sugar tooth person trait, but this is all speculative, like to eat in private their little treats because it's yummier if it's naughty. You know, if it's like (laughs) nobody's watching and I'm sneaking treats. Does anyone else do this? No, it's more shameful. If I if I'm eating like that, then I have an eating disorder. I know, yeah. And it's like it almost tastes better to them or something. Yeah. I just did that. I ran downstairs and had, when we were all taking a break, I ran downstairs and quickly had a square of chocolate that I had hidden in the freezer before I ran yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hides treats all the time. So maybe it's that like, got to get it before someone else does kind of like sneaky, like mine thing. I don't know. <laughs> I have a sweet tooth, but I like having a little piece of chocolate, but I, I don't need to hide it. Like, oh, oh, well, he says it tastes better it. because he hides it. I don't even enjoy sweets or chocolate very much. So he just... uh he doesn't have to hide it, but he still hides it because <laughs> he likes he likes this little little risky game he's playing, <laughs> tantalizing all over the house. That's great. <laughs> no, for me, my character. kids will eat them. I didn't hide yeah, them before yeah. I had kids. Ah, oh, gotcha. No. <laughs> yeah, nobody's taking his chocolate. He's just weird. <laughs> That's great. So, um, spots. Anyone else have a spot? I don't know if I have a specific spot here, but there's some places that like, I have a love of place, I guess. Like there's a place that we go like canoe camping uh, every year and it, there's like islands that you can camp on. You know, there's not a lot of sites on the island, so you could you could book like a whole little island to yourself. And uh, like we go every year, I love it there. Like it's just this big lake and you've got to go at the right time of day because you can get, it's so big that you'll get white caps on the lake which we can handle in our canoe. Our canoe is pretty good. Obviously, we don't want to get too to get too hairy out there with the kids in the canoe. And it's like, you know, great fishing. And the, it's just quiet. It's so far away from the highway that you can't hear people except for like the boats, I guess, that are fishing. But at a certain time, the the motorized boats all go into like the, the front country camping sites and like they're done. And it's just, you know, quiet. And there's, you know, bald eagles and loons and the fish jump. They'll jump like a meter out of the water or something. Just like jumping at certain times of day. It's just, it's crazy. It's it's nice. Like one every 30 amazing. seconds sometimes you got like fish just jumping around the around the canoe. How it's fun. Gotcha. 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 I haven't caught them by my hand, but that'd be great. Can you imagine having that? <laughs> that'd be cool. Dinner is served. <laughs> I had a spot when I think I was in a, a placement with college and I worked at this school and the, the school was going camping and I was working with 
kids with like behavior needs. So one of the kids couldn't go unless they had a one-on-one person going with them. So I went, it reminds me of Mare's spot that she had when she was 17, like similar, like Fire Creek and whatever, because they did something similar. Like those kids were meant to do it. So we went to wherever it was. You could draw or journal or whatever. I always think about that. That was super fun. And then like currently I would have to describe just going to the beach by my house, like the lake by my house. I'm not doing that on purpose to like exercise the whole probably idea of having a spot. But if I had to pick something like that will work because <laughs> it's really That'll like do. beautiful and awesome. Yeah, totally. Cool. See, I'm the same yeah. as Cam. I have so much nature around me that I go to the beach near my house all the time. And, you know, there's like a hundred pelicans all of a sudden like flying by or jumping fish, or mm-hmm. sometimes we're in the ocean and a school of fish will be swimming in the ocean. And when the wa- a big wave comes, you can see the fish in front of cool. your face, like a school wow. of fish. And if we wanted to, we could dive into them. Like, it's beautiful here. If we wanted to fuck them up. <laughs> Snatch them? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. In your mouth. Yeah. They're punching fish. Birds that, you know, dive into the water to get the fish. So when there's those kind of schools of fish, that's where they're trying to get away from the birds. So when you're swimming, then all of a sudden, like a But do you know like- also that when they school up like that? that puts them in a vulnerable position with birds, it's because there's usually a predator underneath, underneath. them. So oh. probably don't dive into the water. Ooh. Depending there's on what no predators, that. which where you live, there might actually be some real sharky sharks. There is like different things happen different times of year, like um, a certain time of year, which I can't remember when it is. Maybe it's- It's probably important if we're talking about it. You know. <laughs> see it. The jellyfish here are giant, like this big. They're mm-hmm. massive, like that's how round they are. They're massive jellyfish. So there's a certain time of year that they just start washing up on the ocean, like on the beach. Oh, they're so there's neat. Like tons of jellyfish everywhere. And then the crabs come and they all eat them. Oh, cool. It's really, yeah, it's really cool. So there's so many crabs eating the jellyfish. And then one time there was a little jellyfish that I had picked up when she was a baby. She oh. was two, I think. Oh, and she picked it up and realized it was not dead and then dropped it and it stung her all the way down her legs. I know, and she was two. And then we were were so far from the house, we had to walk all the way back. We're like carrying her, she's screaming, but just so you know, all you have to do is- So you didn't piss on your kid, is what you're telling me. Did you pee on her? Yeah. (laughs) Did you piss on your kid? Everyone, answer that everyone wants to know. Don't do that. That doesn't actually work. Yeah. Go in the bathtub with vinegar. So oh. the second we got home, we went in the bathtub together because she was so little on me. We both went in the bathtub with vinegar and then it stopped singing and she fell right asleep. Oh. Just bring a spray Aww. bottle with vinegar during jellyfish season down to the yeah. lake with you. Well, or the lake. Well, now my kids know Notion. not to pick up the jellyfish. Like they see them and they, you know, she was little. But yeah, no, That's we're cool. surrounded by nature. But I don't have a spot. But for this book, maybe I was thinking that if I go to the same spot, Maybe isn't isn't like a surprise that I see all these creatures. Maybe I'll see the same ones. Hmm. That would be neat, right? That would be neat. You could name yeah. them. My kids yeah, like one pelican that's like a little character and you that's your guy or something. That's fun. I think yeah. that's a great idea, Lindsay. Let's do a challenge. Hmm. Let's do a challenge. I mean, it's hard in the city. Like for me, I have a backyard. So I guess I could go in the backyard. We have lots of birds and stuff. So maybe. It but could be in your house lot- too. 
Well, there's a lot of noise, you know, there's not that, I guess there's a park that's not that far away. I could try that. So we'll but I do agree. Let's do it. Could it be in a restaurant you love and you sit in all the time? Like I always go to this place and get my coffee and I always want to sit in that chair. And if someone's in my chair, I get all crazy. But then you can't watch birds. If it's, oh yeah. yeah. There is an el- animal element that's a issue. Yes. The nature of it. You right. could watch pigeons all dang day. It's and true. They got personality. That's true. <laughs> that's true. It's true. I think your backyard works because there, there is birds out there, but you just might not see them very much because when you come out, they kind of disappear. Yeah, that's true. I've also noticed like if we'll be on a hike in the forest, like you'll hear a whole bunch of birds and then somebody will walk by with their dog and then nothing. And then you have to wait Mm. for the birds to come back. So things like a dog or like a bike will make them go silent. And I, I haven't even yeah. read the book yet. I was just like thinking about it while I was out there. I was like, wait a minute. There's a whole bunch of birds here just a second ago and they're hiding. If you just mm. wait long enough, they come out again. So the challenge is then that we all have to find some kind of sit spot and go numerous times to that spot to see if we notice the similar animals coming. Is that, the, is that mm. a good and challenge? And not be hunting, just be observing. Be right. observing. Don't bring your right. bow and arrow. Or next, they'll be suspicious. They'll know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't bring. I thought you said damn it. it. I was like, no, the opposite. And <laughs> there with like a knife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's kind of why you have to be sitting. You're not like walking around. Like you have to be like still and calm, right? I won't be able to bring the children. That just yeah. won't happen. No. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. The impact books have on our lives is not limited to the words written between the covers. Some books inspire new thoughts and send us to unexpected places. Follow me, Meredith, as I descend further and further in my recurring blog segment, Down the Rabbit Hole, at www bookinterrupted.com slash blog. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Book Interrupted. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. As the bird count went and as the hike went, then I actually started seeing more in just this short period of time, which is so cool. You said it right. Naturist Club is naked. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't think it doesn't matter. I thought it was tomato, tomato. And he's like, and the guy looked at me like I was psychic, but he didn't know that the birds told me or whatever. And I was like, that would be amazing. And like, you didn't right. discover so, anything. It's the first time yeah. you became aware of it. The sound the bird makes and it's like, kawa mitigoshi. It's like ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to be able to say this, let alone hear it in a bird, but I love it. I love it. Book interrupted. Never forget, every child matters.